Listen to us every Thursday night at 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain. If Mario and Luigi were to do a podcast, it might sound something like this. Infendo Radio is on now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Infendo Radio, episode 623. Eugene's kid is excited to be here. Uh, my cat might be excited to be here later on in the episode. We'll see how that goes. Excited about something, anyway. Uh, one of the people who is definitely excited to be here is Justin. Uh, Justin, how you doing tonight, and where can the people find you? Um, I am doing pretty well, I guess. I Considering, I don't know, I got no answer. You can find me on Twitter, at InfendoJustin. Um, and go to thedisneyparkbench.com and check out the stuff that's there. None of it's new, um, for reasons that, um, I go into on the homepage. But, you know, go visit it anyway. We can always use the hits. Fantastic. Eugene? How you doing tonight, and where can the people find you? Doing good. Thank you for asking, Lucas. Um, you can find me in the usual spots. You can go to infendo.com, drop your friend code in the friend code channel, you know, drop into the Discord, say hello. But mostly, um, just hanging out, you know, trying to survive and play as many games as I can as, as much time as my uh, youth will let me. So, Lucas, where can the people find you? Well, I'm so glad that you asked, Eugene. Um, the people can find me pretty much exclusively these days at either Infendo.com or YouTube, which is just Lucas Peace, L-U-K-A-S-P-E-A-C-E. Um, I uploaded a couple of things that I really love you to check out. I did a 40-minute Let's Play on This is the President, which is a game that I also reviewed on Infendo.com, so you can go check that out and get the back-to-back scoop on that game. Um, thank you guys for giving us a review code for that. Also, I uploaded an hour-long video on all of the big games I played in 2021 and my opinions on all of them, and I was very frank and direct on my thoughts. If you want to go check that out and find out why I'm apparently the only person on the planet who has some problems with Deathloop, go do that and and experience all that goodness and leave me a nasty comment about what a horrible fanboy I am. Um, we have a show for you tonight. I'm not going to say it's an amazing show because honestly, hasn't been a lot happening in the video game world lately, but we do our best to fill that gap with as much nonsense as we can. So there are a few things that have been going on, but before we get into kind of the news of the week, I guess, I kind of want to have a conversation with you guys. And this is a conversation we've had before, but... Um, the big news is that there was no news at the Game Awards as far as Nintendo is concerned. You know, we had some some hits. Uh, uh, Cuphead got DLC announced. It's coming out in like six months, which is bizarre to me that that's an announcement. And for made. everything, not just Nintendo, so yeah. that's like tangentially Nintendo news. Mm-hmm. Sonic, which is big for me and not really big for anybody else here, but, you know, big for the Sonic fan base, as, as vocal as they may be. Uh, but the big news <laughs> is that there really was no news coming out of Nintendo. There were rumors leading up to this that there was going to be a Breath of the Wild 2 reveal. Um, I think there was some other stuff that I can't even remember now because Breath of the Wild 2 reveal just kind of trumps everything else out there. Um... Can we all kind of agree as a unit that the hype train has been derailed for a long time and it's leading to people... Like, like I, I know I'm leading this conversation in a very specific direction, but I just feel like we get so excited for stuff and so ready for things that then when the actual announcements come and they're inevitably more grounded and realistic than any of us could have possibly hoped for, we get disappointed. Like, there's already rumors that you're going to be able to play as Zelda in Breath of the Wild 2, that Ganondorf is going to be coming back and he's going to be this hunky Gerudo dude who's gonna just blow everybody out of the water and and like like everybody's everybody's got all these theories and, and speculation about stuff. Smash Bros was awash with that for years and years. Who's gonna be the new next character kind of stuff. It just it feels like it's a lot, right? And it feels like it I don't know, it feels like it makes it harder to really enjoy something when it happens because there's just there's so much so many rumors, so many speculation. Am I alone in that or do you guys feel like how I do? What's the deal? I mean, yeah, I try to me. go into any of these things with with tempered expectations because I've gotten used to this whole, oh, Nintendo's going to announce X, Y, and Z mm-hmm. at this next big event and then it doesn't happen. So I just kind of go in expecting that none of it's going to happen 
and try to be pleasantly surprised. But yeah, there has been, and I feel like it's especially since the Switch and the Switch's success that people have really kind of built up their expectations every single time there's anything Nintendo related publicly. Yeah, I feel the same way. I, that's why I uh, kind of just go in expecting nothing a lot of the times for mm-hmm. some of these things, just because I don't want to be disappointed anymore, you know, type of thing. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah no, I, I feel that. I definitely do. Yeah. Well, and Nintendo is such I mean, a roller coaster of a company to be a fan of anyway, right? Because for every Wii, you have a Wii U and then a Switch, and then inevitably whatever the next system is is going to bomb and be garbage. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's, and then, and then, People are all like, well, Nintendo's finally lost their touch. And then the Switch comes out and everybody's like, well, this Nintendo's back forever, permanently. And it's <laughs> it's such a roller coaster of emotion. Like, I remember being in high school and being a big Nintendo fanboy back then, way more than I was today. Like, they could do no wrong back in those days. And hearing about how the Wii had sealed Nintendo's fate, Nintendo was over as a company, they're going to go the way of Sega, they're going to continue making games, but they're going to be on PlayStation and Xbox, because those systems are the future, and Nintendo is the past. And I was, like, really upset by that as a kid. I was like, oh no, like, my favorite video game makers going out of business kind of thing. Like, I was panicked as a a little boy that that was it. And here we are, like, ten years later, and none of that has happened, and everything is exactly how it was before. Right. Yeah, um, I, I kind of went into the Game Awards expecting that a lot of stuff was not going to be announced, mostly because now that Nintendo Directs are back... We tend to get a direct in January, and I'm like, if Nintendo's going to drop a bomb, it's going to be some somewhere that all eyes are on them, yeah. not not this thing where something else is going on, and we're, oh, we're going to announce this thing here. When they announced Zelda for the Wii U at the Game Awards, mm-hmm. they did it because it was Zelda on the Wii U. This thing that nobody had and nobody wanted, and they had to get it out there in front of people who weren't their devoted audience because, you know, they needed people to buy these things before they, you know, rotted on store shelves for, you know, eternity. So, like, and now that they are the basically the the leader, I think, right now, I think they're outselling the other two. At the very least, they're on you know, on par with them, they probably figure we can control the information a little more now and only tell people what we want them to know when we want them to know it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I think we even said as much, like, when the show started. We were all kind of laughing at, like, oh, yeah, we're definitely going to get our big, finally, our Breath of the, the Wild 2 reveal trailer at the Game Awards, of all things. Because you're right. Like, that, they Nintendo can just say we're having an event on, you know, January 14th. And that's the event, right? So, so yeah, what, who, are, who are they to live by anybody's rules but their own? All right, well, that was a fun little divergent conversation topic. Let's talk about stuff we actually do know about that's happened. Um, um, a couple of very minor things. The first one I even kind of hesitate to bring up because Eugene and I already talked pre-show and we both have next to no opinions about it, but there was an Indie Direct today. Um, I don't know if you partook of any of that, Justin. But uh, um, It was yesterday and I watched it, yes. Was it yesterday? I thought it was today. Well, was either way, that shows you. Well, shows I watched you, it yesterday anyway, so. You got the early you, feed. That shows you. That shows you how important it was uh, in the grand scheme of things to me. Um, yeah, there were some indie games that got revealed. There's a couple that are out now, actually. If you go on the eShop, there's like four new indie games that just came out. Um, one of them, I already forget the proper title, but the subtitle is A Colorful Tale. Looks really interesting, very up my alley. Uh, there's one about like being a, a demon cook in a dungeon and that whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it looked fine, but nothing really grabbed me or wowed me. There was no big, like, you know, like like I said, there was no, like, oh, Shantae, a new Shantae game kind of thing, or, you know, something like that to really kind of tie everything up. Yeah, I always watch the indie directs, but, like, to me, like, indie, those, t- the type of indie games that they feature on those directs are kind of like, you know, the Sundance Film Festival of video games. Like, it's all the kind of artsy fartsy games that are brilliantly made and probably should sell more than they do but yeah 
I have absolutely no interest in. Like every once in a while, like and I remember you're part super, of the problem. <laughs> super liminal, I think, was announced on one of those. Um, mm-hmm. And manifold, uh, manifold garden, I think it's called. And those intrigued me, and I did end up. Uh, I ended. I reviewed super liminal, and I bought a uh, manifold garden, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, so those, you know, every once in a while there's something that, that catches my eye, but a lot of it is either, like I said, like really artsy games or really, like, tough-as-nails, um, roguelike, arcadey games, mm-hmm. neither yeah. of which are my cup of tea. Yeah, I think I'm kind of the same way. Like, I like a good roguelike. You know, like, um, Enter the Gungeon is a fun, like, bullet-hell roguelike. Um games like a binding of isaac i guess is another decent one but um i i i don't know i it's hard there's so many indie games out there and like eugene and i were kind of talking pre-show it's hard to deliver that same kind of quality that you expect from like a triple a title because the budgets are smaller the teams are smaller oftentimes you're working with people who are less experienced and have less you know less resources less experience and and sometimes less ability to to create that kind of stuff i have i have a ton of respect for indie game devs i'm trying to be one obviously um and i think i i've never really hated indie games although i definitely think maybe i said that years ago um when i was all grunge and and emo and everything about video games but um i definitely feel like i've kind of shed that moniker that i had when i first started doing the podcast with you guys of being the guy who absolutely hates indie games like there are some that i really enjoy but i think like you justin it just it takes a lot to really kind of wow me into to like oh i need this in my life kind of thing you know and just really wasn't anything in this showcase that really did that for me you know none of these games really grabbed my attention yeah and i mean there were a couple that that definitely looked fascinating but oh yeah i mean i have a hard enough time playing the games that i've already bought mm-hmm. let alone you know like buying these new games that you know like like what's uh, i can't remember the name of it i'm gonna have to check my wish list but there's a game that i put on my wish list that looked intriguing and it's been on sale a lot lately and i still can't bring myself to buy it because you know again i don't i don't i don't play games i only talk about them i don't play them (laughs) you talk about them Um, then you buy them then you buy second copies of them but you don't play them I'm sure I've done that for at least one of them. Uh, I will never find. It. Here it is, Raji and Ancient and Ancient Epic. Oh um, yeah, I saw that one. There, that was on. Yeah, that was on a. Uh, uh, they're not called Nindies anymore. On an Indie World Showcase or whatever the hell they're called, um, like last year or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that looks fascinating. Oh. Well, I don't really want to pay 25 bucks for that, so I'll wait till it goes on sale. And then when on sale, I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to play this game, so why is it even on my wish list? And again, no disrespect to the people who make them. Like, I'm sure that's a brilliant game that everybody should play, but I just don't have the time or the attention span. <laughs> I had a moment here. Um, so I'm looking up. I think the, the winner of the indie game jam, quote-unquote, is Chicory a Colorful Tale. It's basically kind of a a coloring book game where you can kind of color things and interact with your environment, explore puzzles. It's like a very fun kind of casual game. Really nice art style. I I had a moment of cringe because they said the audio design is from the people who work on Untitled Goose Game and Night in the Woods. And I thought that meant the person who made the music for that because he had a lot of issues with, with... let's just say social relations and legal problems mm-hmm. but um fortunately the music is actually made by the people who did celeste and minecraft so that's that's a talented talented little music maker there so false alarm on my part but i just kind of cringe as i was looking that up and i wanted you guys to know why so fair um, enough <laughs> yeah yeah but no chicory looks good I, I would say if there's probably one out there that i would be interested in it's probably that I don't think there's really one out there that I'm interested in, so this is probably going to be a hard them, pass for me. But, a couple of them look yeah. good, but, like, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll pick them up, like, day one. Minus in chat was saying Sea of Stars looks really good. I agree. That one looks really yeah. good. It's like a JRPG-ish type of game, it looks like. So. Um... Mm-hmm. Oh, is that the one with the, the pixel art and the... There, there was one that, that used, like, kind of like the Octopath style of, like, 
high-res pixel art, but like 3D models for the backgrounds. Like, I can't remember which one that was though. Yeah, it. This That's is... the thing. None of these like leave a huge, right. huge impression on me. This is the one. I'm pretty sure I'd have to look it up. So don't uh, quote me on this one. But I think it's a prequel to The Messenger. Um, that game. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, it's. Go oh, ahead. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna interrupt then and, and say what I was gonna say. There's there's one called um Ali Ali World. Oh yeah, that, that one looks cool. Oh yeah. I thought it's a skateboarding game, basically kind of a, a skateboard. I, I don't want to say like a platformer properly, but it's kind of an action, yeah, action platformer actually. Um, I thought that it was because isn't there a game called Ali Ali? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought this is, that it, this is in the same in the same uh, same devs? Uh, universe for lack okay. of a better term. Okay, I wasn't sure because I I looked at the publisher and the only other game the publishers published on Switch is The Outer Worlds, but I know that publishers often aren't a good indicator of that either because they're kind of like right. The publishers, right? They'll just do whatever they they can to to publish a game. So, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's another one kind of interesting, at least very unique. So that's the thing. I think all of the games that that got revealed, at least all the ones that are available right now that I'm looking at on the eShop. They're all um, they're all really unique and interesting. I think that's one of the benefits you get from indie game devs, right? Totally. They don't just follow the trends. They make games that are often risky and usually will get just forgotten about because you know there's there's so many other games out there. But one there's definitely quality games, here. One of my favorite games of last year was an indie game that I played to the moon. So you know, like yeah, I remember you talking about that. They definitely have their merit. They're not for everybody. I think a lot of people are. You know, they want that AAA experience, and I think that's fine too. You know. Well, and actually, well, and like I said, su- go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> oh, for goodness' sake, just Lucas, go. Oh my God! Okay. This is this is what happens when you record with lag. I am going to go. Um, there was no okay. lag in that conversation for me. We just keep letting each other go because we're <laughs> such polite, proper young boys. Um, one of my favorite games of last year was a game called. Um, Mind Scanners, and that is out now on the Switch, actually. Very cool game. Plays with the concept of mental health and putting you in the chair of a psychiatrist who works for a government that may not have the people's best interest in mind kind of thing. Um, a lot of choices, a lot of control, but but all kind of wrapped up in a nice little mini-game formula. I cannot recommend that game enough if you're interested in playing an indie game that that does a really good job of being something really unique and different. So go check that one out. Well, Just. yeah, and, and 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 you know, like you guys are saying, like a couple of my favorite games from last year were were indie games. Um, I mentioned Superliminal, which is like if you if you like Portal, Superliminal is right up your alley. It's that same kind of like first person reality bending, um, spatial puzzle solving thing, and I I love that. Um, Manifold Garden is similar to that with a much more with a very unique art style and um I, uh Sydney Sydney Hunter and the Curse of the Mayan is another indie game that I loved from the past year or so um haven't finished that one yet but Oh yeah I remember um, you talking and then there about was that Isn't that one like a sequel yeah. or a prequel to something else or something like that There's there's a series of them and they're all like it's the company that makes them, I think it's like Collector Vision or something like that, they specialize in these sort of retro games. And, in fact, one of the Sydney Hunter games was actually made for, uh, I think, ColecoVision. Um, and then they made another one for NES. And, like, we're talking, like, within recent years. These are, like, after-the-fact, oh, you know, aftermarket okay. ones. So, But they were actually, like, published on compatible cartridges. So, wow. Um, but yeah, like the Sydney Hunter and, and the Curse of the Mayan, probably a game that went under a lot of people's radars. But you know, if you're into that sort of retro style game, that's a good one and really high quality. And another indie game. Um, and actually, I met one of the developers at one of the retro game cons, um, here in in Syracuse, New York. Um, and that's how I found out about it. So, um, yeah, like so as much as like indie isn't typically like something i go after like if there's an indie game that really catches my eye and piques my interest like i will i will get it and i'll talk about it but usually these indie uh, indie world directs are like i said they're kind of the the 
artsier games that are really like pushing the medium to new uh, psychological and emotional and artistic levels and I appreciate that and I think that's definitely something that video gaming needs it's just not something that I need in my limited amount of time uh, yeah, playing uh, video totally. games and, every night totally. <laughs> yeah and and um, those are the ones I tend not to gravitate toward as much the ones I really like are the ones that do something really different from what you see mm-hmm. from like you know like like there's such a I feel like there's so much room for specifically like 2d games which so many of these indie games are there's so much room to expand on what was created with like those two systems that existed back in the day before everything went 3d so you know I, um, I, I think there's a lot of room to grow. I will cap our indie conversation because there's a couple of other bits of news to get to before we, we break here. Um, with a PSA, actually, if Figment 2 looked interesting to you, you probably already have the first one, let's be real. But if you don't, um, it is on sale until early January on the eShop for 90% off. So you can get that for $1.99 wow. instead of $19.99. So That's if Figment bad. 2 looked good and you haven't played Figment 1 and you want to play Figment 1... Now's your chance to go, uh, go, go download that game. Go be a part of the experience. That was definitely calculated by that developer. Very, very well done. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure, and very smart, it's right? Kind, because... kind of like how Crypt of the Necrodancer was like three dollars yeah. when when uh, Cadence of Hyrule came on. Yeah. Well, it gets more people to play the original game, and it makes more people fans to get the sequel, right? So yeah, no, smart. Um, okay, real quick, just breaking down a little bit more news before we go on hiatus here and, and talk <laughs> about the games we've been playing. Uh, Sega Genesis Online, that system I have yet to download because there's nothing in it that I want to play, has six new games coming out. Um, none of those games are games that I'm particularly interested in other than Toad Jam and Earl, which I enjoyed with Steve back in the day. Also, it's five new games, forgive my ignorance. Um, those games are Altered Beast, Toe Jam and Earl, Dynamite Heady, Sword of Vermilion, and Thunder Force 2. I don't know about you guys, call me when Sonic 3 gets announced, but, um, <laughs> you know, those are there. Has any, anybody played any of those? Anybody have any interest in those? Not me. I, I will probably try Toe Jam and Earl at some point because I've heard, you know, things about it, but... You know, I didn't grow up with a Genesis, so I, I do have the Switch online because, you know, it came with the N64 games, but I mm-hmm. don't think I've played anything on it. I also have the Genesis collection, like the the purchasable um, c- compilation that came out a few years ago, so a lot of these games are already on that. So. Yeah. The, the only reason yeah. I would play this is because my um, six-button Genesis controller finally came from Nintendo Japan. So I'm kind of excited yeah. to play with that. Um, but I've already played all of these games on my hacked Switch, you know? Like, I think I talked about a, weeks, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. Like, the only game that was really interesting me, to me in this um, collection is Altered Beast, and I played that on my hacked Switch. So, like, I don't know. And shame on those developers for not predicting your ability to <laughs> Yeah, Switch. I mean, exactly. Totally. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, speaking of games that Eugene has probably already played on his Switch, uh, on the Nintendo 64 online virtual console, we got Mario or Paper Mario um, last week. So if you are interested in that game, which I very much am, go which play you should it. be, it's available. It is. I stand by. I think it's one of the best RPGs I've ever played. It's so simplistic that a child can understand it and play it and have fun. But there's enough there that, like, an adult who's played a bunch of RPGs can play it and have a really unique and different time. And I, I God, I love and it. And so it has much. a an interesting, active dynamic battle system that a person like me who gets bored with turn-based battles can actually enjoy and appreciate. And not just that, an interesting active dynamic world, which is where I thought you were going with that, where every time you finish a chapter, the main hub town changes, and ah, it's so freaking good. And I would say, like, if you're only going to play one Mario game and get that classic Bowser has kidnapped Peach and Mario has to rescue her story, this is like the best classic mario story like to ever play right like it's i mean it's 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 hands down better than like a mario galaxy or something right like come on well and i mean 
I, I don't know if you can really spoil a 20-year-old game, but, like, you actually get to play as Peach while oh, yeah. she is imprisoned cool. inside her own castle oh, the, during certain parts. And the chest, where you can put the badges in the chest, and then Mario can get them, so you're helping Mario. The part it's, where... Oh, it's man, such the, a clever game. The parts where... So there are so many cool things, right? Like, you can learn about Tubba Blubba before the Tubba Blubba fight. The scene where Bowser Which, by the way, up, was my nickname for my cat, Winnie. Tubba Blubba? Perfect. <laughs> yes. Um, there's the scene where Bowser comes up to you, or Kamek comes up to you, I guess it's Cammy in those games, and says, what are Mario's weaknesses? And you have to tell <laughs> them all the weaknesses. And you can either choose to have the hard boss fights and get some experience points, or you can say, like, oh, he's he hates mushrooms and honey. You should throw that all over the stage. <laughs> and it changes the stage. Like, it's so such a fun game. I love this game so much. Well, and of course, I've never given given him the honest answers because you know i i wasn't sure what would happen i'm like well i don't want to screw myself over so i'm just gonna play it safe and have him give me all the things that are gonna make it easier yeah no you very much do but sometimes i like to do it just to to get that challenge got it man freaking good game definitely gonna be starting that this week i'm looking forward to it i might have to restart that because as, as i've mentioned many times before i started it on the wii u got about halfway through it actually i believe tubba blubba was the last um, boss I fought, so we're talking yeah. about halfway through the game here, mm-hmm. and my Wii U's put away somewhere, so... <laughs> well, now's your chance. Alright, well, we are going to take a very quick break, uh, compose ourselves, and I'll start playing Paper Mario, and we will be back in a couple minutes with the games we've been playing. Infendo Radio records live every Wednesday at 9pm Eastern. You can join us and watch those live recordings over at twitch.tv slash infendoradio. You can indeed do that. Thank you, Past Lucas. Hello, everybody. It's me, Future Lucas, and we're here today to talk about the games we've been playing. It's that part of the show. Part of the show where we talk about the games we've been playing. Eugene, you look not at all encumbered and like you really want to talk about some games. So what have you been up to, my friend? What's going on in your world? Man, we talked a little bit in the break, and much like Justin, I don't really have a whole lot of games I've been playing. Um, I have been doing some emulating, but really what I've been doing is jumping between like 50 games a night, you know, be like, yeah, okay, that's cool. I played a minute of this, played a minute of that. Steve's been on that kick too, just so you know. We hung out a couple days ago, and he's like, I just, I want to play everything and nothing at the same time. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, so that's I was kind of doing that um, for the last couple of nights, and then we decided to um, watch a couple of shows, so um, I had to pay attention, so I put my games down for a couple of nights. But I did finally get to near the end of um, uh, Bioshock. I got to the, the twist, and I, honestly, the game for me, after the twist, kind of, it's like, okay, like that should have been almost the end of it, but there's like... Almost, yeah, there's like there's way too much game. Yeah, yeah, it goes yeah. There's way on. too much game after that part. I, I remember being like, "When does this end?" Refresh mm-hmm. my memory. Can we just can we talk openly about Bioshock? And if you don't mm-hmm. want to be spoiled, I guess skip like a minute ahead of the show. But come on, um, is that around the same point where you take the injection to see the world from the little sister's point of view? Or was that the very end of the game? That's the end. That I'm pretty sure that's the very oh. end because I haven't seen that okay. point yet. I'm at the Okay, because I was going to say, by that point, I felt like, yeah, the game should have been over, but clearly it was, so. I'm at the oh. point where, um... I don't even remember that. It was really <laughs> cool. Okay. Real quick. Sorry, Eugene. Real quick. Mm-hmm. You take it, and you see the world from their point of view, and, like, corpses are, like, angels, and, like, blood is flowers oh. and stuff. They're living in this, like, fictitious fantasy world where everything is beautiful and happy, and it's really... It's kind of, like, sad, but also kind of sweet, because at least, like, even though they're basically being used for, like, their blood, like, they're not, like, you know, suffering from it. Right. So, yeah. it's, it's got a very interesting story. Like, bravo oh, yeah. to the team that, you know, put this together, because... It, are, me. are you playing the? I just remember this was even a thing. Are you playing the good route or the bad route, Eugene? Are you harvesting always, or are you rescuing? I I can't do the the bad. How can so, you harvest? Right? It's like so it's like I the worst it ethical I choice. Once. Yeah, I did it once and then I stumped right back. I was like, I no, uh-huh. I don't want this on my permanent I, record. So when I played it, I did the absolute goody goody. 
a perfect ending, and then I went on YouTube and watched the other two endings because I couldn't bring. Uh, That's it was usually how I play I games. I can't bring yeah. myself. Like, like, uh, same thing with Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm like, I did the good ending. Now I have to go on YouTube and see what it's like if you do the bad ending. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I, really enjoy the game a lot. But, like, you know, like I was saying, it, it kind of overstays its welcome a little bit. I'm still going to finish it because, like, I'm right there. But, yeah, I, you know, it could have done uh, have probably a third, maybe quarter less game, you know, at the end. But what are, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I am excited to go play Bioshock 2 at some point and then play um, less excited so to play Bioshock Infinite. Although this, it's probably the better game, technically. Yeah, People I was going to say Infinite. People say Infinite is great, but I never had an interest in it. I don't know. It, it didn't do it for I, me for so... some reason. So I am more interested in Infinite than two because um, what was it? Ken Ken Levine or whoever was responsible for the first game was directly involved in in Infinite, whereas Bioshock Two was kind of done without him. So two, two was my favorite, I think, honestly. Though playing as a big daddy was really freaking cool. It was cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, see, two two is kind of the one that was made for money, and and Infinite is the one that was made for art, I guess. <laughs> yeah, totally. But um, yeah, so enough of uh, Bioshock. I I'll talk a little bit more about it once I finish finish the game, I suppose. But um, sorry, eating Dunkaroos. I apologize. Um, Very professional. <laughs> <laughs> I have also. How do you eat a Dunkaroo? You're the one I'm not supposed to have to worry about. It's Steve and Justin that are the problem, children. Um, yes, but you don't have to edit. Eugene has to edit himself end, out. I've also neared the end of a lot of other games because I'm just kind of jumping around. So um, bear with me here. Finally picked up Skyward Sword again. I was already in like the latter half of that game. Um, so I finished the desert the good desert dungeon i guess the is that the, the one with the boat and the water yes. and the desert that's the good that's desert the whole dungeon. reason i wanted to go back to the game so i actually feel like oh my my journey is complete yeah. but i want to see it through so, i want to go and finish so it all the way through what order are you doing those in because isn't this the same like era of ones where you also have the kind of crappy fire one where you lose all your gear or whatever yes but then the really cool uh, I guess technically water one where the whole forest floods. Is that this this incarnation of the forest? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love the flooded forest. That's really cool. Getting all the. I like the flooded forest really cool. too, actually, more than I remembered because I didn't remember that um, w from my original playthrough. Because I think I've only played Skyward Sword once all the way through, so that one was pretty fresh. Like the first p half of the game, I pretty much I think remembered. Um, and I was able to kind of breeze through, so it was kind of refreshing for that. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying Skyward Sword. It's a good Zelda game. Um, we were talking pre-show that it's uh, kind of the last of its kind since Breath of the Wild did away with the traditional dungeons, so, you know, there's that. But um, the other game that I've been spending a little bit of time with is, uh, back to emulation, is um, Diddy Kong Racing, guys. I've almost got every freaking balloon in that game. Cool game. And Very what's, cool game. what's even better is this game has, because um, I'm playing it on my emulated Switch in RetroArch, and um, it has achievements. So, like, I'm playing this game in a whole yeah. new way, even, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, like, uh, it's re very refreshing. I highly recommend it if you're a fan of the game to go and do it in RetroArch with the achievements on. I think Diddy Kong Racing, the thing that it really achieves, that even, like, Mario Karts and stuff, and, and Crash Team Racing a little bit more so, I guess, than Mario Kart, but none of them really get to where Diddy Kong Racing is. It's almost... I would say, if not better, at least the same quality when you're playing single player as when you're playing with other people. The multiplayer is almost like an additional mode as opposed to like a necessity, right? Like, well, you're not, like, I've done it a few times this month, but you're not going to boot up Mario Kart 8 and just sit for like hours on end and play that game. But Diddy Kong sure. Racing, there's, it's such a like single player experience. You can get a lot of mileage out of it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh -huh. I sure. See what you did there. <laughs> actually didn't mean to, but you know what? Take the win. I, I'm pretty sure I'd have I'd have to. Ah, uh -huh. I look. see what you did there. But um, 
I think there's like three safe spots in Diddy Kong Racing, if I remember correctly. And I remember yeah. going as a kid going and, you know, I'd have my one 100 percent save that mm -hmm. I would never delete. But I would just, you know, constantly go to <laughs> open up a new yep. save and then just see how fast I can get all the balloons. You know, I, it's just a good game. It's I don't me know with I, Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> I don't know if I ever unlocked TT as a kid. I know I got him in the, the DS version that I didn't really like as much, but um, I don't uh, think I ever got him as a kid because it was really hard, you know? It was hard because you had to do all the time trials, if I remember correctly or whatever, like in the trophy room type yeah. of thing. And um, yeah, no, that's why I never deleted that save because it was hard. And then, yeah, I wanted to still play as TT of Well, and then ref refresh, refresh my memory because I know Taj was playable. I know Drumstick is in that one. Taj was playable in the DS version. DS version. Was he playable? Was he, he wasn't playable in the original game? No. Okay, so it was just no. TT and Drumstick that were like the secret characters. Because I think you can yeah. even play as Whizpig in the DS version. There were some cool aspects to it. Oh, I, I did not so. know that. The biggest, the biggest problem I have with the DS version, there's a couple of things that were weird. I thought it was weird that they changed his accent to be like South Indian or North Indian or whatever they did. I think it was probably because it was pretty racist in the old game. It was pretty like Apu level kind of, you know... Indian accent, but I don't know. It, it felt like home to me compared to the new accent. But I, I think the biggest thing that I had against the DS version, well, the soundtrack kind of sucked, but they brought in, like, Tiny Kong from Donkey Kong 64, and they made mm. her this weirdly, like, sexualized teenage girl kind of thing and that sounds weird to say out loud but i promise if you go back and you look <laughs> at that game it's weird in game too like this is not me this is not me making opinions this is like straight facts like they did something to that monkey and i don't know who was responsible for it but somebody over there has a thing for they, monkeys so. they've They've kind of bastardized that game, honestly. I did not yeah, like the they, DS they, version of it. They took characters out. I think, um, oh, who was it? I think Banjo wasn't in that one because by that point he belonged to, to Microsoft. I want to say even another, like Conker or something wasn't in that game. Probably Conker, yeah. Conquer was. Especially yeah. since yeah. Nintendo did their best to distance themselves from Conker in the first there, place. There was a really cool mode, though, that you could do. It was like a course creator mode. It was basically like a Rainbow Oh, yeah, Road that thing. was cool. But you could, just, you could just draw on the screen, and it would make a, a racetrack for you. That was kind of fun, just drawing shapes and seeing what you would get kind of stuff. I used to do that on the bus all the time at school. But, yeah, the, the DS yeah. version, was. it felt like even the racing was off, you know, like the physics yeah. of the cars and the planes and yeah. the hovercraft you know it just felt different but i did buy it and i beat it because like i had it you know and it was enjoyable but like there's nothing like the original for me yeah yeah that's kind of where i am too i am looking forward to chocobo i know we keep bringing that up when we talk mm -hmm. about Diddy Kong, but that looks to be a pretty good spiritual successor yeah no nope. doubt have you been playing anything else or is that it that's pretty much it um there was Pokemon, um, but like it's Pokemon. Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. there. I've been catching all the the Pokemons with the little vests, the Christmas vests and stuff. Uh, so that's I cool. had to yes. I had to uninstall again because Facebook decided that it needed to prove my identity to them. So <laughs> oh yeah. To, <laughs> yeah. So I haven't saga. deleted the Facebook app again. But um, yeah. Any cool events going on in there right now that I should know about? So I should like frantically reinstall like shiny there, Pokemon kind of things. There's, um, no, not really. Um, there's a couple of cool legendaries out right now, but mm -hmm. like they've been available in the past and they you've told me that legendaries up. aren't that legendary these days. You know, it's not like you can't get <laughs> yeah. them a hundred different ways. So yeah, not to, not to ruin it for you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, it's just Pokemon Go. I've been, uh, doing the things. I'm almost to level 42. So that's a thing. That's fun. Nice. All right. Well, Justin, you want to, uh, wow us with with stories of your your gaming prowess um yeah i guess um hasn't really been anything exciting um oddly enough after i got hooked on animal crossing before the update i hadn't played it at all after the update um so actually this week i started getting back into it first thing i did was the uh, night owl ordinance mm -hmm. uh because since most of my playing is done you know at night when the kid after the kids go to bed i tend to miss a lot of stuff so uh now at least the shops are open i think it's an hour later than they usually are so that helps me out a little bit um i have no idea where to find gyroids so i can help you with that real quick um do you, 
do you have to go to a specific island or do they just show up in the ground? Yes. So um, there are two ways to get them, and you just described both of them. If you go to your dock, uh, not the one with the airport, but the dock that currently, that used to serve no purpose, Tortimer is there now. And if you talk to, not Tortimer, Cap'n, if you talk to him, you can pay 1,000 Nook Miles, and you can go to an island. On that island, every time you go, no matter what's on, what else is on the island, there's going to be one spot you can dig. That spot has a gyroid fragment. You can dig that up. You can bring that back to your island, plant it, water it, and then the next day, a gyroid will pop out. Um, or you can dig up a gyroid. The other a way... A weird-ass game. The other way, which is the <laughs> traditional way that's been in every Animal Crossing game, I think, since the beginning, at least it's been in New Leaf, is when it rains on your island the next day, you will not only have fossils, but you'll also have gyroids you can dig up. That's probably the easier way, but it's less reliable, which is why I think they added Cap'n. So that's how you get gyroids. Okay. Uh, PSA, I'm looking for squeakoids. My friend got one. I went over to her... Uh, airbnb last weekend for her birthday and she dug one up right in front of me and she gave it to me so i have a squeakoid now but i want more <laughs> i want to decorate my entire room in squeakoids head to toe so if you have squeakoids and you don't want them give them to me i need them thank you noted <laughs> um right now i'm i'm slightly distracted because right now red's visiting my island so ah, you know i gotta oh, pull out a, my, my handy event. real and fake yeah, I gotta pull out my handy real and fake guide. Dirty and... <laughs> cheater. It's okay, everybody does it. <laughs> um, but uh, what time does he leave? Like, is he there all day? Or I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> all right. What do you um, think I am? A walking night... Animal Crossing encyclopedia <laughs> can tell you everything about gyros. <laughs> um, bouncing around different Grand Theft Auto games for the past week. Um. All of the ones on Switch, I just kind of play a mission or two uh, every night. And but last night See, I was I playing know. Grand Theft Auto Four. And I don't you know, know how it's... you can do that. I don't know how you can play three Grand Theft Autos at the same time and like keep track of everything and not get frustrated or burnt out. Like uh, one thing, that I, I will say that there are certain things that I will go to play, like Vice City, mm -hmm. and. I'll expect a certain thing to be of it, like um, shooting. I think like drive-by. I think was something that they didn't add until um, San Andreas. I don't know. There's certain things that like because they didn't homogenize them. Every game yeah. is exactly the way they were yeah. when they came out. So you know, it's not like they added San Andreas features to Grand Theft Auto Three. So. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of disconnect when I go to play one game. And then the other thing is, what's really funny is, um, I was playing Grand Theft Auto 4 last night. Of course, Grand Theft Auto 4 hasn't been updated. So yeah. I'm still used to pressing the, uh, the, the left bumper button to bring up the weapon wheel. Mm -hmm. So when I press that button on, um... On Grand Theft Auto 4, I can't remember what it does, but it definitely does not bring up the the weapon wheel, and I think it does something that usually gets me into trouble. Oh, no, it doesn't. It hails the cab. There's like uh. a... You, you press the button to hail the cab, and I'm like, that's not what I wanted to do. Where the heck are my weapons? Well, that could get you um, in trouble, depending on uh, how many, like, firefights you're in the middle of, so, yeah. Right. Um... But, yeah, I mean, really, haven't really done anything new. I've um, been a lot of just kind of going back to games that I haven't played in a while. So, some Super Mario 3D World. Um, what's the other one? Super Mario Maker. Um, hang on a second. What else have I been playing? Uh, tried to play some more Castlevania, like the original Castlevania, because I have the Castlevania collection. And I just kept on dying and having to reload my free state and decided you know what i'm i'm done with this i don't want to play this anymore um but i did play um some more mario golf um so yeah i mean really just kind of gamer add you know i just kind of bounce from one thing to another whatever what whatever i'm feeling um got about halfway through level nine death mountain on the legend of zelda on the game and watch and haven't really felt like 
finishing it, so instead I've been playing Link's Awakening on it. So, <laughs> um, like, that's just how bad my focus is. But tonight, thanks to Eugene, I plan on playing Skyward Sword, because that's another game I started playing and never finished. So that'll be, that'll be what I do tonight after the show. Someday I'll pick that one up. I will say, because I was talking to Steve last night, I think? The night before? I can't remember anymore. They're all blending. Must have been the night before. Um... And he's been playing uh, Link's Awakening on the Game & Watch. That's kind of been like his comfort game. He uh, he really likes it because it's got like none of the frills of like the DX version or anything. It's not like, you know, all, all updated yeah. like the Switch version. And the way he plays it's games, so weird. he needs like, like he plays games like if, if that's there, I have to get it. So he's enjoying just playing the game without having to get all the photos or, you know, that kind of stuff. You know how Steve plays games. Yeah, well, and it's it's funny because like, Ever since the DX version came out, I've never gone back to the original. Because, like, oh, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. Everything from the original is in this, plus a couple of other things. And, you know, then yeah. there's a Switch port and all that. But it playing it, the original um, Game Boy, you know, the original green Game Boy version, it doesn't feel like anything's missing. Like, it... it like it doesn't the world is just as quote unquote colorful like maybe yeah. not literally colorful but you know like just it feels so natural so you know it's just easy to you know i'm laying in bed waiting to fall asleep i don't my switch is downstairs charging so i'll just pull out my game and watch and play you know half a dungeon of link's awakening before i you know drift off to dreamland i'm i'm sorry koholand island there you go. Well, well played, well played. All right, well, I guess I'll just talk about the games I've been playing then so we can get out of here for the night. Um, the big one I've been up to, actually, is Sonic Colors Ultimate, which is a game that I think everybody who listens to this show knows um, I was really excited for up until release. And then it just kind of kind of, kind of fizzled and died for me because I played it. The loading times were ridiculously long. There were a lot of reports of there being, like, bugs and glitches and things like that in the game. So I figured, eh, I'll wait for Sega to fix their broken game. Um, well, I guess Sega's kind of fixed it. I never really encountered any bugs or glitches or anything. The load times are still a little annoying, but I've kind of gotten used to them now, so it's not a big deal. Um, From what I understand, like, some of the most egregious glitches are very, like, you have to do a very specific... Hit the start button at second three of this level, and then yeah, like, like they... to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they like you really had to try to trigger them to get yeah. them. So, but yeah. I haven't played. I'm waiting for a good sale on that, but I definitely want to pick that one up. My biggest issue with the game, well, my biggest issue with the remake, I don't remember it being an issue in the original game though. Maybe it was. I feel like the bloom is turned up way too high in some of the levels, like especially the very first <laughs> level of the game. You start it up and everything is just so shiny and in your face and like Sonic's fur quills are like reflecting all this light and it just it feels really like unnatural like it shouldn't look that way i don't remember it looking that way um the music remixes are really good i mean that's always like kind of a high point for sonic games um the gameplay is still really solid the story is bad man the story is so (laughs) bad i didn't like the story when i was in like high school and i feel like my tolerance for cringe has gotten worse and like like i i like the really cheesy like over the top super dramatic the world's gonna end kind of like sonic adventure stuff like i think that's fun you know you basically just have a dragon ball plot but with sonic characters but then you have sonic colors and it's like bad puns and and just like slapstick comedy and it's like oh god it's so bad i hate it so i've been skipping the story but i really like the game um they added a new mode in this one where after you get enough red rings so they have this game is very much kind of a nintendo-ified version of sonic which is (laughs) honestly a great thing so they have um he can double jump in this one there's a lot of they were exploring like the idea of side scrolling sections and one of the things they included are these red rings that are basically kind of like um oh what's the equivalent like a mario game like like the green stars and the yeah yeah and the and the, the yoshi eggs and stuff like you know, the just yeah. the randomly yeah like the flowers in yoshi's island to keep yeah. it, to keep it rele- relative um so there's five of those in every level just like there were in the original game and you collect those and one of the things you unlock if you get all of them is you can play the bonus missions get the chaos emeralds and play the game of supersonic which is kind of fun and kind of a fun cheat to get through all the missions with like s rank and stuff because you know you're basically invincible and you can get all the coins and stuff like that all the requirements for it you move really fast 
But um, one of the things you unlock in this version exclusively is a time trial race against essentially a staff ghost who was controlled as Metal Sonic. And my <laughs> God, these time trials are hard. Like, you have to literally be Sonic the Hedgehog in these things. I've cleared two of them. Uh, the first level, Tropical Resort, super easy. I felt like I had no problem with it. I've tried Asteroid Coaster, which is like one of the last levels, and Sweet Mountain, which is supposed to be like the second level of the game. They are hard. I just beat Sweet Mountain after grinding it out for like 45 minutes before the show started, and I was frazzled by the time I got done with it. Like, you have to just be perfect. So, um, all in all, cool game. I really like it. Um, Tetris Effect Connected is a game that I hit level 50 in uh, last week, which is really cool. Another game that I will get when the sale price is at a level that I feel comfortable spending on Tetris. (laughs) Sure. Uh, um, I'm going to spoil something now. So if you don't want to hear what happens when you hit level 50 in Tetris Effect Connected, uh, stop listening for... 45 seconds or so. Um, But basically, when you hit level 50, you unlock a special stage that you can play in in the background. Um, It is based on the old Game Boy version, and it includes a remix of the Game Boy. It's so freaking cool. It has a remix of the old Game Boy theme. It gets really fast-paced. There's little Russian 2D characters dancing in the background as these 8-bit minarets pop in and out of existence just really cool i'm very happy i i steve is like you get something cool at level 50 i was like i can't wait to figure out what it is i hope it's this and sure enough it was this so like that makes me real real thrilled i'm really liking tetris effect it is just tetris but it is the tetris that has kept me the invest invested for the longest since i've ever played a tetris game so i'm a big fan big fan um, the only other games that I've really played at all this... Well, I played This is the President. Like I mentioned, uh, I have a Let's Play of that up. I did the review. But that was kind of a... a I don't want to say a work thing, but you know what I mean. Like, I, I got a review code for it, so it wasn't like I sought it out. Um, I finished up Deathloop, which is that one I talked about last week. Cool game. Um, I think it kind of suffers from Bioshock Syndrome, where the plot is a lot more compelling than the gameplay. Mm-hmm. The gameplay sure. is good. The gameplay is fine, but if you've played Bioshock or Call of Duty or any other Halo, you know, you've played this game because it is just a first-person shooter. Like, it, it does not... Rev- and that's what kind of bothers me about it, right? Because the story is amazing. You are this character who is living in Groundhog Day, and only he, an antagonist, and a couple of other randos can remember... Every day mm-hmm. is the exact same thing. So you're, you're free to explore the, the map in different ways and, and, and trigger encounters with enemies, fight bosses, learn their weaknesses, then bring them to other parts of the island where you can dispose of them at the same time because you have to kill all the bosses in one day. When I heard about the game, I thought it was going to be an open world game where you explore on your own time, time is ticking, and you have to pull off this amazing connection of, of, of meeting people at specific times a day. It's just mission-based, and there's like four areas, and every time of day you choose which mission to go to, and then you learn information about them, and you find out, oh, this person doesn't st- stay at her post all day. She goes off right. with this guy to, to have sex with him in the water coolant tower, so I can kill both of them by flooding the water coolant and tower and that kind of stuff and like it's you're gonna finish the game exactly like if if justin you and i all play the game we're all gonna have the exact same experience and we're all gonna finish it in the exact same way and that's really Mm -hmm. frustrating because there's so much premise here for it to be so much more than it is but it's just a a a good fps with an amazing story and i wish it was both i wish it was an amazing Mm -hmm. fps with an amazing story but it's fine it's a good game i see why it gets all the accolades i don't think it's deserving of all the 10 out of 10s that it's gotten from people i think there might be kind of a hype bias here but it's a good game it's definitely like Mm -hmm. an 8 out of 10 on premise and execution alone you know it's just not revolutionary or anything like that which i think i was kind of hoping it would be but and i didn't go into this with hype i learned about this game in the day i learned about it i picked it up and i started playing it like it's not like i was waiting for this game to come out for six months and and it it did didn't meet my expectations. It, just, it didn't. <laughs> right. It didn't work. It, it wasn't. It wasn't what it sounded like it was going to be. But still, cool game. Um, and the voice talent is amazing. The actors are really good. Um, the only other games I've played are both Animal Crossings. I'm kind of really into both of them again now. 
Um, New Leaf is my eternal love and my my sweet, sweet wife, who I will cherish for all of my days. Um, I have been frantically talking to and all of New my... New Horizons creatures. is your whore on New the Horizons. New Horizons is my sleazy girl from the Bronx that I, <laughs> the that I hook up with a couple of times a week just to see what's up and, and get that nice graphics package. Um, New Leaf is... Sorry to all of our female viewers who are no longer our female viewers. Um, New Leaf <laughs> is basically... Uh, I'm, I'm doing like the, the Santa event right now, the, the Christmas event, where I'm talking to all my villagers and they're like, I really want carpet for Christmas because I'm a loser. Or I just want food for Christmas <laughs> and I want it to be white. And it's like that, like that kind of stuff. Um... <clears throat> So I'm, I'm gathering everybody's Christmas list. I'm keeping all of that in the Note app on my DS, which is really fun. I've also been keeping track of the stock market in-game through the, the Note app on the 3DS. I love that little feature, being able to just pause the game and like write notes to yourself, handwritten notes. Um, but yeah, I, I love New Leaf. Um, I've been playing it entirely without Amiibos. That might change because I was looking through my old photos from like eight years ago, and I remember how much I liked having Ganon in my town because it's adorable oh, yeah. to have the King of Evil as like a little chibi Yeah, thing. I wish they'd bring that back in New Horizons. Yeah, it's that pretty great. Cool. So I'm, I, I've got my Ganondorf Amiibo right here on the shelf next to me. He might have to be my 10th for a while and and move in with me but otherwise i've been kind of enjoying like i said like i fell in love with villagers like lucha and drago who i normally wouldn't even give the time of day because like i didn't just put in anka and ribot and you know whoever else like kid cat all the ones that i usually go with um new horizons has been keeping me more entertained than usual um for very different reasons right like i really think new horizons is a decorating game more than it is like a, a life sim game but it works really well sure. as a decorating game and when i play it for that reason i have a lot of fun um i've been getting a lot of stuff for my town my island whatever i've actually been thinking at some point i'd like to do like a silent tour of my whole island because i put a lot of time into this thing like, i made a lot of textures i put a lot of stuff down it's starting to lag the game i have so much furniture on my island um but I love like going into the shop and finding like a, a, a you know porta potty or an oil barrel or something that fits with like the th the city theme and just throwing it in like part of my town. So that's fun. But the real thing that's been keeping me hooked is the gyroids. I've been collecting gyroids like crazy. I now have a suitable enough collection that I put Squeakoid out at the front of my town. I aped this idea from somebody online, but I have a little welcome sign with a fruit basket and balloons. I put Squeakoid at the front of the town, so anybody who enters the island gets like a little Squeakoid going, meh, 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 and waving at them and like doing That's all great. that stuff. <laughs> um, all of the other gyroids, so I have like market stalls all throughout my island with like, you know, fashion magazines and clothing and hats and, and fruit baskets and, and food and stuff like that. And in front of everyone now, I have put a gyroid who is like the owner of the market stall. And all of a sudden, my town feels much more alive and vibrant than it did before. So really enjoying these gyroids. It was the, the, the much needed update for me. Haven't even sure. been to the roost yet. I know that's like the big thing that I'm supposed to be excited about. Yeah, I don't even know where Haven't to find that been. either. Yeah, have not even have not even attempted that. Um, to do that, you have to go to the museum. Blathers will give you a quest. You go on one of Cap'n's tours. You talk to Brewster. Then he decides to move in the next day. There you go. Um, I have also not done Happy Home Designer. I'd like to try it sometime, but I remember being really bored by it when I played it on the 3DS. I don't imagine it'll be any different for me now, but maybe designing homes will suddenly pique my interest and I will find a future career in renovating people's houses. Um, that's kind of it. I played a little Mario Party. I played a lot of games this week that, like, all the big games of 2021, because I was working on that video for my YouTube channel. So I played, like, a little bit of Monster Hunter, a little bit of Stories, a little bit of, sure. you know, Mind Scanners, everything out there. But I really just kind of dabbled in everything. I remembered how much I liked so many of the games that came out this year, though. Like, um, going back and playing Pokemon Snap for a few minutes was really fun, so... Yeah, but that's kind of it. So I guess, uh, since Justin's computer's about to die anyway... And uh, we're, we're kind of done here. We will get out of here and let Justin export his audio before it's lost forever. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Infendo Radio. If you liked it, there are 622 more just like it that you can listen to on wherever you're listening to this one. So go down. Well, maybe not all just those. like it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was last, like the last the last couple hundred at least. Yeah, I, I was like 15 when we started. We used to have other people on the show. I used to exist on the show. You know how it goes. But um, yeah, go go check all that stuff out. And we will be back again next week with another episode. Also. 
I think we didn't really have a chance to talk to Justin about this, but I'm making it official. What the hell? Um, next week's episode on the 23rd, I believe it is, whatever day that Thursday is. Yes, the 23rd. That will be our last episode of the year. We are taking the 30th off to celebrate the holidays and live our lives. So we'll see you then, and then we'll see you in January for Thanks so much for watching, guys. We'll see you next time. See you real soon. Bye-bye! We're on break. I'm just eating my Dunkaroos. Don't don't mind me. Uh, okay. Uh, chocolate or vanilla? There's chocolate Dunkaroos. Yeah, and supposedly they're way better. But this is from the friend who tends to have a lot of opinions that I don't agree with. So <laughs> I had no idea, but I'm gonna have to try that. I know. Every time I see Dunkaroos, I just think of the commercial. How do you dunk a Dunkaroo? Oh God, that was yeah. like Scottish. That was not Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Lottie, how do you dunk a dunkaroo? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I think we found our was... stinger. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs>